Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the Common English Bible, and our first reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Israel, listen. Our God is the Lord, only the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your strength. These words that I am commanding you today must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around your house and when you are out and about, when you are lying down and you are getting up. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. Write them on your houses, door frames, and on your city's gates. Our next reading is from James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. If any of you are suffering, they should pray. If any of you are happy, they should sing. If any of you are sick, they should call for the elders of the church, and the elders should pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer that comes from faith will heal the sick, for the Lord will restore them to health. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. For this reason, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful in what it can achieve. Elijah was a person just like us. When he earnestly prayed that it wouldn't rain, no rain fell for three and a half years. He prayed again, God sent rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Our final reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that people will see them. I assure you that's the only reward they'll get. But when you pray, go to your room, shut the door and pray to your father who is present in that secret place. Your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't pour out a flood of empty words as the Gentiles do. They think that by saying many words, they'll be heard. Don't be like them because your father knows what you need before you ask. Pray like this. Our father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We start a new series about means of grace this week, and our first message deals with prayer. Each week we will be looking at spiritual practices that help us grow closer to God as we grow in discipleship. Having a heart of prayer is a foundational part of our faith journey. We know that prayer is important, but do we always pray for the right things? I wanted to begin with the way we pray and why we pray, because sometimes our why gets a little muddled up. The problem is, is that if we're praying for the wrong things, we're going to be expecting answers that will never come because we're asking 
the wrong question entirely. One of the things that we can say is some of the ways we're not supposed to pray. And we see that in our gospel reading from Matthew. That Jesus talks about the hypocrites who stand in the synagogues and on the street corners and they pray out loud so that people can hear them. Showing off, wanting others to know they are praying for no other purpose than to be seen. And the thing is that that's really not what prayer is about. It's also not about just putting up a big flourish of words, trying to fill your prayer with as many God words as possible. And you know, I've seen that so many times. And I've seen so many people do it. The honest thing is, we've probably all done it at some point or another. We say something in prayer that we think sounds like a God thing to say, which often means that we're saying something to make it sound like it's out of the King James Bible. And you know, there's nothing wrong with praying that way. And I want to stop and say that it is okay. But that we have to be careful that we don't just heap those in because we want our prayers to sound right. Because the more important part is that they come from the heart. That we don't just have a mouth of prayer, but a heart of prayer. Now there's a big difference between reading a prayer that was written to sound a certain way so that it conveys a feeling and forcing yourself to pray a certain way so that it sounds right. Because the important part is that your feelings come through and that the words aren't empty. If there is meaning in them, then that's good. Now it might be that you think the words are all wrong, but the feeling is all right. And that's okay too. God will figure it out. God's good like that. We do get an example of how to pray, and it's not to fill it up with words, but sort of ask for the basics. So here we get the Lord's prayer, and it's going to sound a lot different than what we usually say together. And this is one of those cases where, because of how we've learned to pray, that we've learned it and we've memorized it and the meaning is there and it can actually cause us to feel off if we try to learn it in a new way. But it's also good that we hear other translations of it because it helps to connect us to exactly what it might mean that we've never contemplated before. And I, I kind of like the way that it's worded here, not in the memorized form that we're all used to. Our Father, who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. You know, this is one of those important things I find in prayer is that there's a back and forth. It's a petition to God, and it's asking God to be active in your life. It's not just a wish list. It's not just a help me do these things, but also... God, please be active in the world and in my life. 
And that's a lot of what prayer is, really. It's not just, God, do this, do that. It's sort of, God, I want your will to be done, and I hope it lines up with what I want. But there's also an active part for us that if we're not forgiving those who have wronged us, we can't expect forgiveness. Our other reading for today highlights the importance of prayer. In James, there's reasons to pray and why you should pray. It talks about how the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and what it can achieve. And there's one thing in here that I think sometimes we can lose track of. It's really a statement that Elijah was just a person like us. And the reason I think we lose track of that is sometimes we look at biblical figures and we don't look at them as people. We place a marker on them and they become something mythical. And that's one of the big points. For all I know, you could be the next Elijah. And that's because the power of prayer is something that connects us to each other. And it connects us to God, and it connects us in a very unique way. It strengthens us, and it humbles us, humbles us, and it builds us up. And we see all those things in Deuteronomy. At first, it may not sound like it's talking about prayer, but to me, this is part of what Deuteronomy explains is prayer. Because you're supposed to love God, and we show God's love by praying. That's one of the ways we do it. And we do it with all that we are. And the words that are always to be on our minds is being in constant prayer. When we recite them to our children, that's teaching prayer. Talking about them, sitting around, going about, getting up, lying down, sitting still, working. Let prayer be on you. If we let our words to God be that important that we always carry them around in our hand, that they be on our head, that our prayers are always meaningful. And they become a sign for us and to others. Because they change us. Prayer brings us closer to each other and closer to God because it helps us to stop and think. Because if our prayers are always a jumbled mess, we're not quite sure what we're praying for. And if we're not sure what we're praying for, we should probably spend more time thinking about it, which means more time in prayer. If our prayers are always about one particular thing, then maybe our focus is off. And maybe that's where our prayer needs to be in regaining our focus. And I think one of the overall messages that we get from the Bible on prayer is that the line of communication is a two-way street. It opens up this pathway that helps to strengthen us, and it builds us up, and it helps us as we grow in discipleship our prayer becomes stronger. And as we pray for others, we grow more connected to them. And as we pray together, we grow connected to each other in a common cause. And I think that prayer is one of those foundational things that sometimes we do wrong just because we want to make sure we do it. And you know, it's tempting sometimes to say, well, you know, is there a wrong way to pray? Yes. One of the things that I've seen others do, and it's that they pray in a way that they belittle someone else. And that sticks out to me right now because 
I think about it when I think about what it means to pray from the heart and not just praying to pray. I think sometimes about the way that we pray for people and sometimes you see street preachers praying for all the sinners and all the terrible things they're doing, listing off all the terrible things they see. And I think the problem is that if the point of our prayer is to point out how awful everyone else is. The real problem is we're telling God how awful we are. We're telling God that's all we can see in the world. And that's all we can see in each other. We seek out other people's faults and other people's flaws and that we need God to open our eyes. I also think it's important to remember that prayer is a two-way conversation. Prayer doesn't always mean talking. Sometimes prayer means listening. And it may just be that you start in prayer and then you listen. I don't know what you'll hear. But I know that God works in mysterious ways, that God works through us in ways that we can't even possibly imagine. But prayer is that conduit, that means of grace that connects us. It's one of the most active we have, and we have so many options that it's practically endless. And one of the great things, and this is one of the truly marvelous things about prayer, is you can pray pretty much anywhere, anytime. Because what's to stop you? Hey, people want to talk about taking prayer out of fill in the blank. The only way that happens is if we, if we tell people to stop praying. Maybe it's only inward prayer. But you know, Jesus seemed to put a lot, and I mean a lot, of emphasis on inward prayer and being alone and praying. Honestly, we see more prayer from Jesus in private than we do in public, because Jesus is always taking time to get away from everybody, to go pray by himself, to be alone with the Father. And we can do that too. We can find those secret moments between us and God where we can be in prayer any place we are. But we also have to remember that prayer isn't about showing off. It isn't about having somebody lead us so that we pray the right words. It isn't about joining together in massive crowds and somebody praying and everybody just sort of listening along. It's not about doing it so that everybody knows you're praying. It isn't about forcing others to pray with you. Jesus tells us to shut the door and pray in secret. So it's between you and God. I don't need anybody to jump up and lead me in prayer to remind me to pray. I don't need someone on a loudspeaker before every event to remind me to pray. And I can think of a whole slew of people that I don't know if I would want to pray the way that they pray. 
I pray all the time. Constantly. And it doesn't matter where I'm at. I pray when I drive. I pray when I shop. I pray when I'm sitting around. I pray when I'm doing dishes. And I don't need anybody to remind me of prayer. What I do need, though, is a reminder that others are praying for me because that strengthens me too. It reminds me that as I lift others up in prayer, that they lift me up in prayer and we raise up together. Not trying to lift ourselves up, not trying to hoist ourselves up. Prayer is about being humble and bringing concerns before God, admitting that we don't have the answers. Lifting up our concerns for others, our concerns for the world, accepting our humanity and seeking divine guidance. And prayer builds a bridge between those. And it builds bridges between people, and it builds bridges between communities, and prayer heals, and it helps. Prayer works, just not always how we expect it to. And it doesn't matter if you read a daily prayer from a book, or you always pray spontaneously. Or you mix it up however you pray. It's all right. The important part is that you do take that time to talk, listen, and to be. To let yourself have a heart of prayer that connects you directly to the God that loves you and keeps you. That as you join together with God, you grow in discipleship by the means of grace, strengthening your faith and building up love for God in your heart that will always guide you and always lead you to paths of righteousness. Amen.